and I go get to get out of the plane and I missed the foothold step and I slammed into the door with my thigh and there's a picture of me literally falling out of the airplane. Welcome to Logbook Memories, an aviation podcast about remembering and sharing our past flights. I'm David Allen, a student pilot. And I'm Michael Ladd, a private pilot. Guests on Logbook Memories look back through their pilot logbook to find a particularly interesting, adventurous, enjoyable, scary, or otherwise memorable flight. Then they come on here and share the story of that flight in their own words. Our next guest is ready to go, so let's mic him up. So we're here with Victoria Newville. Of uh, you're, you're with that. You have a, a couple of extra different podcasts that you do as well. But uh, we're just here to talk to you about some of your flying, um, flying experiences. Uh, and I just want to say welcome to Logbook Memories. Thank you very much. Happy to be here on the first episode. This is actually the first one, um, and well, it's the first one we're recording at least. Yeah, we're, so we'll see if it, it actually made me feel is. special for a moment. Well, it, you, you are special. Well, it is still a very special moment. <laughs> Uh, tell us really quick kind of uh, your flying background. Um, I'm a commercial pilot with an instrument rating, uh, recently doing a tailwheel, and this year I hope to work on my CFI. Awesome. Yeah. Really, uh, why CFI? Well, that's kind of why um, this logbook moment I'm going to tell you about is actually kind of what led me here, but um, I've been out of aviation for a while, and I figured the best way to really throw myself back into it and um, boost my confidence and my skills is by getting new new rating, and what better rating to get than a CFI? Create new pilots. There you go. I like it. So um, tell us tell us your story, and we're just going to sit back and kind of listen, and we'll pipe in if we have some questions, but we want to hear this. Oh, my, okay. So um, so my logbook story um, was recently. This is just last month. I've been working on my tail-dragging uh, endorsement in uh, Decathlon. And when I was doing this, I look back in my logbook, and over the past two years, I have only flown maybe seven or eight times. And I was astonished. Um, I had recently gotten divorced and bought a house. So, you know, the whole time and money thing always happens. And what what's gets set aside first? Your, your favorite passion, aviation, always gets set aside. So um, I'm working on my tailwheel. And this year, looking back at my logbook, I had 10 flights already this year. So I already beat the last two years. And while going for this rating, I I noticed um, that I had very little to no confidence, which I think will kind of shock people because I am on a lot of podcasts and I had a pretty popular blog for a while. What what does that mean? You say you had little confidence. How did that manifest itself? Oh, I I was terrified. I hopped in the airplane with a flight instructor that I've flown with many times, but um, it was just kind of on and off. We would fly and he'd just hand me the controls every once in a while. But this time, because there was an endorsement on the line, he said, you know, you're taking the controls the whole time. You're taking off you're landing. Um, I want to see 10 landings out of you to this specs. You know, you got to, you got to land it by this point. I'm going to engine out you. And he put me through the ringer because now there was an endorsement on the line and I got in there and I was terrified. Did he tell you he was going to do these things beforehand? Um, pretty much, you know, we always have fun. We would wake up in the mornings and go catch the sunrise. Is that what, that's what we would do. And we do some, some spins and some rolls and just to have fun in the aircraft. And then he'd kind of give me the controls and let me fly all around and then do a few landings. But 
this time he was like, we're going to get you endorsed now. You've been flying this plane all the time. You should be able to land it consistently after all these times we've been flying it. And that's when I realized, oh, crap, this is all on me now. I have to really perform. This isn't just fun. I need to land this plane in a crosswind. I need to know wheel landings. I need to know, you know, three-point landings. I need to be able to get this. And I kind of... um, I freaked out. I, I kind of went blank and was like, I doubted myself. I was like, this is all on me. Can I do this? And it took me a while to realize why I thought that. And over the past eight years, I have been sharing flying responsibility. And that means, uh, so I was married and my husband and I would fly all over the place. He was a pilot. He was a pilot as well. Not for a living. Um, I actually outranked him. So, um, but he had a very fast airplane that took me a while to get used to. And we'd fly all over the place in this aircraft. I probably have like 200 hours in it. But, you know, one bad landing, you know, he'd kind of be a little grumpy about it and walk around the plane and be like, oh, I hope everything's okay. And I'm like, oh, come on, it was perfectly fine. You know, these planes are built for this. But I slowly noticed that over sharing the responsibilities in the aircraft and me getting nervous about hurting his baby that I started to make almost use him as my handicap if if there was a crosswind or weather was a little bit rough I would have him land the plane instead of me and from doing that over time I didn't realize I was doing it I thought I was just like oh you know you take this one it's okay and over time I was actually becoming rustier and rustier and rustier and when it finally came to me being the one flying the plane by myself you know me having to land this tail dragger and get this endorsement I didn't realize all of a sudden over the past eight years I had lost pretty much most of my skills I find it fascinating that a pilot who's actively flying is getting rusty in the process we did a lot of cross-country trips so visiting friends and family so a lot of it was yeah you take off the plane and then I'm just holding the stick you know that's the easiest part of the flight almost you hop up in the air and you're even though I logged three hours that three hours was just going in a straight line following the GPS to the destination and one landing Um, that's a big difference um, versus hey let's go up and do some slow flight and some pattern work I hadn't done slow flight and pattern work in goodness I don't know how long um, until I started recently training again and uh, it took a lot of time for me to learn it was like I was a student again actually it kind of felt like I was a student again I my instructor called my patterns whoppy jawed whoppy jawed whoppy jawed <laughs> so luckily he has a sense of humor and I think what really helped me um, because I was embarrassed I was I was really embarrassed you know here I'm on the podcast and I have the blog and everyone asks me tips and tricks and you know uh, for advice and here I was like I can't even do a nice square pattern anymore because I hadn't done pattern work in eight years and um, I was embarrassed when I was in the aircraft with this really good flight instructor who was also a friend and here he is calling my pattern work whoppy jawed but what it took was I just had a frank discussion 
discussion with him, and I was like, listen, this is what's happened over the years. I don't have confidence in my skills anymore, and I'm kind of nervous to make a bad landing in front of you because you're my friend, not just my flight instructor. And he said, which I think is great advice for any student pilot or anyone who's flying with another pilot friend, is especially for CFIs, they've seen it all. So you know a doctor, you always feel weird when you're in the doctor's office and you're all naked and you just have that horrible gown with the ties in the back and your butt's hanging out? He says, I've been wearing that wrong. <laughs> doctors, <laughs> doctors have seen that over and over. They're not affected by it at all. So if I'm going to make a bad tailwheel landing in his decathlon, that is nothing new to him. He's not disappointed in me. I have no reason to be embarrassed because it's kind of like the patient with the butt hanging out of the smock. And he's there to help. And he's there to, to help. help. To help correct that kind of, you know, activity. Exactly. But I also, you know, it's you want to be frank with your flight instructors and tell them what you're going through. And I told them, I said, hey, you know, I, I think I had this tendency over the past eight years to just give um, up control when I thought things were getting a little rough and I couldn't handle it. And I, I think that's made me a worse pilot. And um, he knows to force me. If I feel like I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't think I can get this one. You know, maybe you should take it. It's a little too windy. I don't know if I should do this. He's like, Victoria, you're landing this plane. You know how to do it. And uh, last month, so we, we've had like 10 lessons. And we've had a mix of fun. And then we always end it with a lot of serious, get those landings downs and get those landings in. And I have noticed an incredible improvement. It's all coming back to me now. My, my pattern work is not wobby jawed And um, my final landing with him last time, the past two landings were just greased. You didn't even feel them. They were perfect. And as well as I could, I slowly lifted a big thumbs up. Because you know how tailwheels, you have to like really dance on the rudders? Dance on the rudders. Yeah, thank you. A little louder. I can't. I can't reach. <laughs> that was a high five. That was a high five. <laughs> For those of you listening, not watching. Um, I hope no one's watching because that was a really embarrassing high five. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did as best as I can. This huge thumbs up, and I was I was very proud of myself um, to do that. And it was all it took was that landing and being truthful and honest with my flight instructor to gain my confidence back. And so now I hope other people can understand what I'm going through, and um, I've been through it. So I think that'll help me be an effective CFI. How, you, you didn't recognize that this this phenomenon was happening to you. So this is kind of a two-part question. Will you be able to recognize it happening again if it if it were to, you were to get into another situation? It, and maybe it wouldn't be similar, you know, in terms of your sharing responsibilities with, with a significant other, but you, would you be able to now recognize the fact that maybe you're getting rusty in areas that you shouldn't be? And, and two, um, how would somebody recognize that? Like, if, if for somebody who hasn't maybe experienced this yet. Well, I am very aware of it now. So every time I hear, like, in the back of my mind, you can't do this, I like to kind of create an image in my head of when I've done it before. So that last landing was amazing. I've done that. It wasn't a fluke. I did it twice in a row, um, and I've, I've done it many times since. 
and so it, it's in the back of my head. I have an image. I, I tell myself, Victoria, you can do this. You've done it before. Um, I think confidence is a big issue in a, a lot of women, unfortunately. Um, uh, when you say confidence is an issue, like a lack of confidence? Lack of confidence, you know, a self-esteem, believing in yourself, believing you can do, in some, do something. Some girls may get mad at me for saying that, but I know a lot of people that, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And I think all of us, um, men or women, at some times kind of doubt ourselves yeah that happened i mean that does happen to everybody and yeah. it's not it's definitely not just women by any yeah. means trust me on that good i'm glad I mean, I, I, <laughs> well I, and not to i know this is really interesting and it's something but the first thing you said really triggered something in my head about when you said i was scared mm-hmm. one of the things that i that happened to me i just literally a month ago got current i had my flight review for the first time in five years yep it was, what did I say, 1,856 days or something like that since my last flight that morning. And that evening it was zero. And that was a really neat thing. It was a very special thing for me. It meant a lot. But I noticed even now and four years ago when I knew I needed to go up and flying and four and a half years ago and then it was three and a half years and three and then two and a half years and two that I needed to go up and fly. Part of it was I was nervous flying by myself. And I know a few other people that have had the same thing too. And you, when the way she talked about that, you seemed a little surprised the way she ordered that. But I've been nervous also when I fly by myself. I don't have somebody to talk to or point out stuff. Or this is what we're doing, and you know that's Lookout Mountain, and this is that, and this is you know. But this is why I'm doing this. So it's the sightseeing side, it's the plane side, and explaining that to other people. Where I'm just sitting there by myself, going. Did that engine noise just change? I didn't touch it, I swear. I don't, what, what just happened? What's yes. going on? There's a lot of that that happens, and I felt that a lot when I basically stopped flying. Um, I've always been in, I mean, a lot of people have been in, into aviation their whole lives. I was not. I thought it would be a neat way to get from point A to point B, and that's why I wanted to start flying. Since then, I met some other people like David and, you know, friends of ours at, a, you know, at the air shows, and now I come every year, and I love it, and I'm still learning about these airplanes from these guys who've been following them since they were kids. Um, but there's always been something in the back of my head about aviation. I love it. And I figured out what that was, was once I got my license, I'd get to fly around. But flying by myself was always made me very nervous, and it still does to a point. Um, I've gotten to the point where I have to buck up, you know, and fly. I think nervous is a better word, actually, than nervous. confidence. It's, it's, there's it's a, a, nervous, lot of it, it's, a lot of his confidence, too. And, yeah. you know, wasn't it you that, like, used your pilot's license to go on the long cross-country as soon as you got your pi- private? Was that not you? Yeah. I wasn't by myself. I brought my wife. Who's not a pilot. I don't know. There's still someone there. There's still someone there sitting next to you. To kind of boost. Although, she, <laughs> what's funny is when, my, when I fly with my wife, usually by the... She puts her headset on, sits back, buckles her seatbelt. By the time we're taxiing, or by the time we're taking off on the rollout, she's halfway through her People magazine. And once we're at, like, maybe 2,000 feet, she's already, you know, asleep. <laughs> I have to go over, reach the microphone, and push it up so I don't hear her snoring the whole flight. So she, which, which, the fact that she's there is more comforting than nobody being there. I, I know. I, Dave's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm, I'm, but I'm there trying really to understand the, the mentality here. That's what I'm trying to get. <laughs> it's, 
We apparently have issues being alone, Victoria and I. No, I'm kidding. I'm, te- I'm teasing. We have commitment issues. So, but, uh, we, abandonment issues. Abandonment issues. Yeah, there it is, yeah. Um, I guess what I'm trying to get at is does having another person in the plane with you, regardless of who it is, make you a better pilot? No. That's what, it, that's what I'm it makes, hearing. It makes me a better, a stronger person to fly when I have someone else. When I know I'm going to take you somebody. You can't be weak. Yes. Yes. That's actually, you can't I, doubt yourself when there's someone there. Exactly. Um, yeah. Walking through. I get him. Like in, in my, <laughs> and I have something else about this too, but, but there's, you know, one of the things I told you that we do that is, he's kind of changed a lot of the stuff. One of the things that they hammer into us is walking through that emergency procedure, you know, out loud to whether you're a CFI talking to your student, like during the run-up air time, just before you taxi out, this is what we're going to do. If an engine quits on run on run out or, or on on rollout on immediately as we take off, immediately as we, you know, we're at a hundred feet. If we're at five hundred, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put it back down. We're going to go to this field. We're going to do this. Whatever. I may ask you to pop the door. Da 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 da. Things that you would normally kind of do one time, you know, out loud. They require us to do every time. When there's nobody sitting there, I have to do that, but I still have to do it out loud. I still have to think out loud. Otherwise, I start getting nervous again, too. But going through that checklist by myself, I still get nervous. Um, now, there's been times that I've, the plane's been 10 minutes late getting back from the previous pilot. And I'm like, oh, well, even though I had all afternoon off, I'd be like, well, you know, I think I may have a thing. I got something I'm going to do, so, so I, I, I got to make that, and, and, and I'll just say thanks and leave. You know, just tell John, you know, no big deal. I'm not upset about it, but you know, I need to make it. I need to make dinner, or my wife's getting home from work in an hour and a half, so I need to make, you know. But that's just an excuse. In, in most cases, in, in some cases, it would be a slight excuse. Now, now, there's one other thing I've noticed, and there's specifically two other people that I have talked to. And there were very frank conversations about some stuff and, you know, late night stuff. And there may have been some beverages involved. And this is two different people at two different times where they kind of fessed up to something very similar. And there was a reason. It got to, you know, discussion like, why haven't you flown? You know, time and money. Well, everybody says that. What's the real reason? And forced me to talk about it. And having that comfort with that person... And talking about it, they did the same thing and kind of said, I can't believe that's exactly how I feel. I'm actually kind of curious how many people, you know, anonymously or whatever, would be interested in explaining how that, if they are, if they do the same thing. If it's, I mean, it, it can be, you know, like you said, a confidence issue when you're by yourself. You know, when I have somebody there, I, I'm walking through the plane with them. I'm forcing them to, I talk to, I'm the one that talked them into going flying with me. So it's my responsibility. I'm the one that's, you know, I can procrastinate it all day long at home, but when it's time to, to get something done or it's time to go meet somebody or time to go somewhere else, you know, I'll do it because I committed to it and I did it. But if I, have, if I say, oh, I want to go watch this thing or go work on this deck or go, you know, clean the bathroom even or something or I got laundry to do or I got I'll procrastinate on that forever. I guess it's something kind of similar where I really don't want to do that by myself. I'd rather have somebody with me. Does it almost become, um, it's a slow build, obviously. You make one excuse, and then again you make another excuse, and maybe it slowly becomes habit. And 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 I think that's where my problem was. I habitually was like, oh, you can fix this for me. And I think that's exactly when you were talking about that, that I was kind of doing too. And, and And as two, you know, one week, 
would roll into two weeks, would roll into a month. You know, well, now I probably need to go up with an instructor for a flight. Well, they're all they're booked this whole weekend, and I'm traveling next week, so we won't do it. So we'll push it to another week, and then another week. And next thing you know, it's a, almost a year later. Um, and that whole thing, and then and then your flight review's up, and then your medical expires, and then, you know, it's just an ongoing thing. And, uh, you, know, it, it, I, I, you know, you can say a little white lie that grows bigger, I guess, but it's not really that. It's just I'd rather have a mission, I guess, than just to go up and fly around the pattern, too. That's another thing. I want to do something with my ticket instead of fly around a pattern. So, how I, I have a question for you then. Yes. What do you think would be best to do from here? Because what I want to do, and what I'm scared to do, so I'm getting this tailwheel endorsement. Um, my flight instructor says, because, you know what, you haven't soloed that much, um, you haven't flown that much, he says, you're going to go solo in my airplane. You need to get in that plane alone. So, maybe because we created this habitual process of getting used to making excuses and not flying, maybe we need to make a habitual process to get used to being flying alone, whether it's just one flight a week doing a couple landings, maybe slowly you'll get used to someone else not being in that other seat. He's told you that he wants you to do that. My flight instructor has told me that. Yeah, he says, you are soloing that airplane. And I said, all right. And, and what did you say? You said that. What did you feel? Oh, I was like, I, I think I went... Holy crap. Why? Because you know you can solo a plane. You've done it before. I can solo a plane. I've done and it before. you've flown solo. I've landed this plane right. many times. Yeah. I can do it again. Yeah. But he's not there to save my bum. You need to why, do you, why do you think you need him there to save your bum? It's one of those great what-ifs that I cannot control. I am not in control. What kind of a plane is this? It's a decathlon. So it is a tailwheel anyways. It's a tailwheel, yeah. Are you still current in something like a 172 or something or along yes. those lines? Yes, I so am. you can you go up and take that plane up right now? Yes. Would you? Maybe. I haven't soloed it in a while. Maybe I want to go up with a flight instructor real quick, but that might be another excuse. You know, maybe well, I should just go actually, land it myself. I mean, another endorsement is awesome, yeah. but I personally, what I would have done is gone back to that 172 or whatever plane I was flying before get checked out, make sure I can fly that plane the way I did five years ago, as soon as he signs you off to go, do a flight. Go somewhere. Take somebody with you if you want. I did two flights solo before I brought anybody up. I just wanted to make sure that I was comfortable by myself, which I wasn't five years ago, apparently, which steamrolled in. But I wanted to make sure that I would do this on my own without somebody else there. It still makes me a little nervous, but I did it. Yay, me. You know. (laughs) Um, Even having somebody on the radio to talk to sometimes was a big deal. But as soon as I did that, I took somebody up. We did a little sightseeing tour. It was a lot of fun. Now, yeah, I'm ready for something else. And I really want to do my instrument rating. Oh, yeah. That's Um, a good challenge. So that I want to do. In the meantime, I'm still going to fly. My wife and I are going to a pancake breakfast on Saturday when we get back, you know, the 21st or whatever. We're flying, and it's actually faster for us to get in our car and drive to the airport and have the breakfast than it is for me to drive to the airport I'm flying out of, going in the opposite direction, and then flying to the airport. They would probably be almost done with the breakfast by the time we land there (laughs) than if we we drive there. So, but I I want to do that. I want to make that a mission. That's what aviation. I want to do this. Yeah. Definitely. And I want to take her with me, and I'm looking forward to that, and, you know, weather permitting and everything else. But, uh, and that's, that was another big excuse I used to use, by the way, too. 
oh, the ceilings are at 2,900. I probably shouldn't go, you know, instead, oh, they're not 3,000, you know, you know, you know, there was a lot of things like that, you know, and yep. so they're not yep. 3,000, but, you know, you know that, that looks yeah. like a thundercloud way, way out, you know, over near Nashville, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, there's, I don't know. there's always a barrier. I mean, yeah. like you want to push your I'm, skills. I'm, I'm, obviously I'm exaggerating, better, by the way, but David. I'm, but yes, but go ahead. I'm, how, how do you how do you push the 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 envelope, the personal envelope, to the next level without being dangerous? I feel like I have an answer for this, but what, you know, you, how do you do it safely, and how do you get to the point where y- you are a safer pilot and not a debtor pilot? Well, obviously, we don't want to be reckless here and just go up if you're rusty and fly by yourself and go, you know, practice a spin or something. Um, But change doesn't happen and growth doesn't happen if you don't get uncomfortable. So anything new or anything you're rusty at is not going to feel like a piece of cake. You're going to feel uncomfortable and you just have to be okay with the fact that, hey, this is uncomfortable because this is new or this is something rusty. And eventually, it's not uncomfortable anymore. You just, the only way out of it, out of that uncomfortable zone is going through it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Over and over and over. And you start building muscle memory, which I had flying before. My patterns are no longer whoppy jawed. But at some point you have to be, it's got to be uncomfortable. You've got to kick the CFI out of the plane and fly the thing yourself. And that's... That, I, I, I've never soloed an airplane, so I can't really speak to that, but it seems to me like that's kind of a day that is either exceptionally exciting to you or terrifying, but even in, on the exceptionally exciting side, there's still that, wait a minute, this is now all on me. I have to get this plane back on the ground in one piece. That, that is exactly what's going through your head. I mean, you look over there and there is no one to save you. If you mess up, it's it's all on you. But you know what? You've done it a billion times before, and this is something you've trained to fix. Even when you mess it up, you've been trained how to get out of you know a porpoise landing. You've been trained how to go around, and you just have to trust in your training and trust in yourself and be like, all right, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm doing it. And that's probably one of the hardest things because you just become your own worst enemy. And I think. Um, that's what's hindered me the past few years and why I barely flew um, the last two years. And now I'm getting used to that discomfort and it's slowly becoming less uncomfortable. And that's why I've flown so much more this year and why I've um, made so much progress so quickly. But are you still at that point where you're nervous about soloing at all or um, his plane? In the 172, I'm, I think I'm perfectly fine soloing it. I, I think don't, you are. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Because, but the, um, but the the tail wheel, yeah. You know why? I mean, I know you're saying, well, I'm nervous and I'm this and it's new, but yeah. But soloing it means what? I mean, you're gonna fly. I mean, I'm gonna it's, go a, do... it, it's a tail wheel. Yeah. But once you're rolling, it's essentially. Once I'm in the air, it the is same. no different. Exactly. It's no different. It's just that landing process. You know, and the, a problem is too. I work in insurance, so I hear about these ground loops and these, <laughs> you know, and these. There it is. That's and, and these, you know, prop strikes. So I'm thinking that. But you hear about I can't wreck a friend's plane, you know. But I'm not going to. But I'm you hear about them. But, right. but you hear about them from the person it happened to, basically. Not I do. Not reading about it in a paper. That's I, I get so phone you, calls. You, but you can bend a wing, and you're going to walk away. You can. Mm-hmm. It's, it may feel bad. 
this is, you know, around the campfire conversation about, I mean, I just admitted to a bunch of people that I didn't have any confidence, but here I am. And I did, this, and I, and I did the same thing to you, and I just yeah. met you for the first time this weekend. Yeah. So, for, for the record, given the choice of flying with somebody who's concerned about their abilities and fully aware of it versus somebody else who's a hot shot and knows everything, I would choose to fly with the Victoria Newville any day because I know that you're not going to do put yourself into a situation that you don't think you can handle and you're going to be extra cautious. So, I mean, for me, I, I don't find the, the fact that I don't find this a problem. Like, I see this as, okay, I've recognized that there's an issue. I'm self-evaluating. And not only am I self-evaluating to the point of recognizing that there's a problem, but I'm working a problem and I'm working a solution to fix it permanently. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'm doing. You know, it's, it's constant work. You know, I don't jump in a plane and I'm just like, I got this. Um, but and I, I can recognize it, and I work on it, and I, you know, evaluate things after I land and think of how I did, and I try not to be too hard on myself if I didn't do as good as I wanted to. And I just go out there again because in the end, you know, I'm in aviation because I love it. You know, I fly because I enjoy it and I love it. I don't fly because I'm worried, you know. So, um yeah. It, if we were to take this particular flight that that where, where all of this kind of came washing down onto you and you recognize what was going on and, and sum up the lesson that was learned in a couple of sentences, how, how would you put that? I want to say trust in your training. And trust in yourself. You know, going through flight lessons, I earned my pilot certificate. There's no reason the person next to me who also has a pilot certificate is any better. That they didn't have any different training or any skills um, that outrank mine. I can land a plane. I was taught to land a plane. And I can do it again and again. And I just need to trust in myself that I can do that. I find it interesting that all of that came from a commercial instrument rated private pilot. Like you, you know, it's not like you're just a 50 hour private pilot. You know your stuff. You've done the stuff. And that's, um, that's a sign of a good pilot to me. Aw, thank you. <laughs> that's been Victoria Newville with, uh, uh, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, um, I'm on Stuck Mike Avcast. Um, Instagram, I'm victoria.at.air. And air is where I work. Aviation Insurance Resources, where air-pros.com. So I was talking about insurance, how I hear about all those claims. So There's another way to get a hold of you, too, and, and a friend of yours. Your little Turbo the Flying Dog. Oh, yeah. A little upset we didn't bring Turbo. My pooch. Oh, if he could be here, um, it would be amazing. It'd so be high fives around much. for everybody. Yeah, he has wonderful high fives. Um, Turbo the Flying Dog has about a hundred flight hours. So, yeah. and his confidence is through the roof. So he's all right. Yeah, he just hops in and ready to <laughs> oh, go. Come on, take me, take me, take me. If a low wing plane, he's hopping on the low wing. He knows, like, okay, this is how I get in. So he hops on the wing and then he hops in the cockpit. It might not even be a plane or a person I know. So. Are you, um, did he get his license yet? Um, no, I do not let him solo. Okay. He's a little bit reckless and a little overconfident. So oh, until okay. that overconfidence I gets I thought that was a, a possibility with a future release. 
that Turbo um, so could recently get his... recently, his third book, he just went back in time. So hopefully, he oh. um, once he gets back forward in time... I haven't read C. Yeah, he'll get his um, private pilot's license. Who did he meet in the third book? Oh, he saw the Wright Brothers, ah. um, Charles Lindbergh. Nice. Yeah, he, then he, uh, he he blasted off into space, too. So he gets around. Okay, I, got, I need to catch up, apparently. <laughs> Turbo's a fast-moving dog. He's Turbo. He is. The flying dog. Turbo the flying dog. <laughs> Victoria, thank you so much for joining us here on Logbook Memories. It's been a real pleasure and an honor to have you on the, the show. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. So after we finished recording and and producing and editing the, the, the audio podcast with Victoria, we found out that uh, she's got some pretty cool follow-up information to this podcast. And so after saying goodbye to Victoria, we're going to welcome her back. Welcome back to uh, Logbook Memories. Hello. <laughs> it's been so long. It actually just, just has minutes. been. It has. It sounds like in minutes, real life. but it's actually, yes, exactly. Uh, thank, thanks to, you know, we can fix anything in post-production, right? We just took out 10 months of time and shrink it down oh to about 10 seconds. Ta-da. That's how fast it felt either way. <laughs> well, that's good. So uh, what do you have for us? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, you know, we previously talked about my confidence and my lack of flying and, you know, kind of how my skills had uh, suffered over the years. And I am proud to announce that uh, just last month in uh, January, I soloed a decathlon, so um, that's kind of a big deal. Awesome. I went and flew a tail dragger all by myself, and um, t- I tell you, that was just the boost I needed. Good. Uh, so I, I love that. That is fantastic. Congratulations. Um, what was that like, and what was it like leading up to that? Because I know that you had previously said there's there's coming a time, you're thinking in your head, there's coming a time where this instructor is going to kick me out of the nest and he's going to jump out of the airplane and tell me to solo this thing. And I'm not, I'm going to tell him no. Like (laughs) what, how did that, how did it all come together? Yeah, that was pretty much my O S H I T moment. I was just like, Oh God, this is, this is going to happen. I'm going to have to do this. And for the longest time I would almost like make excuses, be like, Oh, my leg hurts. Like my, I pulled a muscle. So, you know, I can't really reach the rudders wheel well today. Cause I pulled a muscle, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> anything to get out of this because then, you know, I kind of psyched myself up that, you know, I'm his insurance agent. I'm on a podcast. If I F this up, like people are going to hear about it. So it kind of, I got all psyched up in my head. Um, and then unfortunately I, I had a turning point, um, when a friend passed away and you know, when you lose someone and you think about how short life is, um, I hate that it kind of took that. It just kind of gave me the, like the extra boost, like, holy hell, you know, I need to get this done. I need to do it. And, um, I had been flying regularly. I've been landing that plane without any assistance. My flight instructor stayed back there typing on his cell phone the whole time. Like there was no need for him to be in there. It was just, that was my, my comfort, um, having it like that handicap back there. And, um, so finally, like after the new year, I was like, I got to do this. I'm going to do this. Like, let's hurry up. And I went out to the airport with him twice. And those two times he didn't like, we just had fun and goofed around in some landings and we didn't land like he, I mean, we didn't solo and I, I left disappointed. Like I was prepared, I was ready and I was feeling it and I didn't solo. Um, kind of like 
how someone would have a uh, check ride that they were looking forward to and it was postponed. That was kind of what you could equate it to. So finally one day I was like, well, it's not going to happen. Um, maybe he doesn't want me to solo it anymore. And I did three landings with him and I was getting ready to do take off again in this touch and go. And he said, Oh, let's, let's make this one a full stop. And I was like, uh, okay. Like what did I do wrong? And we taxied back and he hopped out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And you had no idea. No. And you know, when it, it dawned on me, like at first I thought he did something wrong. It was horrible. Or he, you know, whenever he was texting, he got a nine one one call. He had to go back home for, and then it kind of connected the dots. And I was, I went to the runway by myself and I, you know, I was a little nervous. Like I had a little bit of a shake on the throttle at first, but once I took off and once I was in the air, I was smiling. I was singing a Backstreet Boys song I was listening to that morning. Which one? Like, um, it was their new one. It was <laughs> new like, album, right? yeah, yeah, it's I called have, No I Place. I still haven't heard it yet. Okay. So it's a very family friendly, like there's no place like you song. But so I'm singing, there's no place like you. And I'm in the sky. So I was kind of like singing it to the sky. Like I was euphoric. <laughs> I was in the zone and I was happy. So I did three landings. I could have easily done more, but I'm like, he's going to want his plane back at some time. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure. I, yeah. He, and hey, he got out. It's yours he now. He did. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to Vegas. And I was, I was thinking, like, is he regretting this right now? <laughs> but I came back, and I taxied it back, and I spun it around so we could push it back into the hangar. And that tailwheel, that wheel was right on the yellow line. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got a photo of it and everything. Like, nice. you can't get better than that. Um, but I, I did uh, have to stay humble because... Um, when I open the door, he's taking pictures. I'm shouting about how easy it was and how fun it was. And I go get to get out of the plane and I missed the foothold step. Oh, and gosh. I slammed into the door with my thigh. And there's a picture of me literally falling out of the airplane. <laughs> and I have bruise. Like I was bruised all up and down, like the back of my leg. <laughs> And so oh. I'm thinking I'll get a tattoo there to, like, commemorate the day. <laughs> With a target? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and a picture like of a tailwheel tail in the middle? Like a little airplane or just, like, outline the bruises. I don't know which yet. Well, I'm thinking about it. So I'm feeling like the, I'm feeling like the, the window or the door is probably going to have a, a picture of, of you on it. Like, I've shot down one of you. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It was just, it was keeping me humble, like making sure I'm still modest and not bragging about my skills too much. So until today, there's a, I guess that there's a, you know, what's that like? There's a, there's a, there's a line that a pilot has to walk. Like I have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt when I take this aircraft into the air that I'm going to bring it back. But how do you how do you have that confidence without getting cocky? Like that's that's mm -hmm. that's a fine line, right? Very. You know, I'm lucky that I'm. I don't think I'm that cocky, and I, I never have been a very overconfident in aviation. I've been the exact opposite. I've been a little too nervous. So I think um, now I might have to be careful of that line, like because of this experience and because it felt so great and because it went so well. 
that I need to be self-aware going forward because, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go fly a Cessna and bring a friend up on Sunday. And, you know, I haven't flown it in a few months and I haven't flown that thing without a non-pilot with me for quite a while. So, you know, I want to make sure that I'm still aware and not trying to show off my skills that I'm still, you know, following the checklist and keeping my eyes out for traffic and not overconfident. Um, I don't think that'll be a problem. I think you'll do it. I think that that's what I think what kind of Dave was talking about. I think that's actually more of a, a personality trait. I don't want to say flaw because in many mm-hmm. cases it's a very real thing and very good thing, but um, it is definitely a trait where I think pilots, you know, can get a little overconfident, I guess. Um, and I don't just knowing you, over the years and watching you and stuff with, between social media and everything and talking to you, I don't think that would be an issue with you. I think you'll do it f- wonderfully. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely hope so. I, you know, I never want to get to the point where someone's like, wow, Victoria, you really thought highly of yourself there, didn't you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> get yourself yeah, when you're on trouble. short final saying, wait, 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 wait I'm going to grease this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, let me roll it real quick. <laughs> Do you bounce it a couple times? Yeah. How many landings are you trying to log? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Only the first one counts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and I, I agree with Mike. I don't see that in, in you as a, uh, as a, as a, quality of your personality is that you get cocky. Like, I feel like you are like, you know how to do things and you know how to do them with excellence and, and nothing short of, uh, of excellence is, is okay with you. In fact, I heard once, um, I I, want to say this is probably apocryphal. So, you know, just take this with a grain of salt, but I heard, (laughs) I heard, yeah, I heard, like the Blue Angels, maybe the Thunderbirds, like they say, or maybe it's in the air. Actually, it might be the air show community. I think it's the air show community. And they say perfection is expected. Excellence will be tolerated, which means if we have to put up with excellence, we will begrudgingly tolerate your mere excellence. But we expect you to fly perfect every single time. And and that instills an attitude of I've got to get this right because I have to do this right for the air show, for the fans, for the safety of all of everybody involved in the air and on the ground. And so, you know, I feel like if you approach flights like that, perfection is expected. Excellence will be tolerated. You don't leave yourself room to, to be mediocre you know, to, to, to screw around, like, especially so, when you have somebody else. Yeah. Especially, yeah. you know, cause it's not just you, it's, you know, it may, it may not even be your airplane. It may be somebody else's aircraft. It's definitely somebody else on the ground underneath you passengers in the air. I mean, how do we have, you know, thousands and thousands of airline flights and gazillion passengers every day that are, that arrive safely. And it's because of excellence in the cockpit. And I, th- and, and, striving for perfection and i think that we should be doing that all the time and i see that in you i see that as somebody uh victoria you as somebody who strives for that perfection agreed i'm glad this isn't a video because i'm turning red (laughs) (laughs) but there is there is definitely something 
to be said about that too. I mean, just I mean, and that's just your personality, Victoria. That's nothing. Um, but you know, I tell people who have always been nervous and well, I don't know if I want to go up with you and this and that. Um, listen, I want to go home for dinner just as much as you do. So yep. my goal, I mean, as much as I like you or love you or whatever, I want to make it home after this flight. I don't do goofy stuff. I'm not going to fly under bridges or do loops and well, not in the planes that I fly, but, um, you know, uh, my goal is to get us back on the ground and for you to have a good time while we're flying, whether it's taking yeah. the controls for a little bit or taking pictures and just enjoying the experience, whatever. That's my goal when I take people up is for you to enjoy it and not to be nervous or scared or anything. And that's kind of what drives me when I do fly with other people or when I fly whenever is to be a little bit more, you know, I don't want to call myself excellent, but, you know, a better pilot than I, I, that, I want to be a better pilot than I was yesterday, basically, if that makes sense. Yeah. Always. What's that? The license to learn. Yeah. <laughs> always growing. You know, it's good, too, because, you know. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a passion. Obviously, we have a blast when they're up. We're up there. You can see it by the photos we post. But it is serious business. It is something to take very seriously, um, which is you know part of the reason why I kind of scared myself for a while there and you know started doubting myself. So um, yeah. it's kind of nice to have those reminders, um, but you know still enjoy yourself. So what's Definitely. the big takeaway from this experience for you? Oh, I, I never want to get to that place again. Like it, it, it yeah. didn't feel good. Um, I feel much better now and I, I could have done this ages ago. I, I, you know, it's just, it's how much your brain can get in the way and how much you convince oh. yourself just cause you're, you're fearful. And the only way to get over that fear is to get through it. And, uh, yeah, that's what I did. I faced it and I hope I face a lot more scary things this year. Like I really just want to keep facing scary things, do things that make me nervous. Um, so which now are I safe, want to know what but... those are. Like what are you what is a big what what's on the plate for you this year? Ooh, um so, aviation wise. Yeah, um in March I am going to get my seaplane rating. So oh, um, cool. Yeah. Just Where? before um Sun and Fun. At, so coming um, down to Jack Brown's? Um it's uh Jones Brothers seaplane base. Okay. Yeah, so I'm nice. going to be flying their Cessna 140. Um, I insure them. Nice. I know a couple people down there. It's an awesome, awesome place if you ever just want to hang out. Uh, on Lake Dora in Tavares. Okay. Oh, and yeah, okay, yeah. You Tavares could just sit is there. the seaplane capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Sit there on their beautiful, bright rocking chairs and watch airplanes on the lake. And I love it. And they have a big event before um, sun and fun. So I'll be down there for that. And uh, hopefully in a Palooza or something like yes. that. Yeah. Is that, the weekend, the, is that the weekend, the weekend before? Yep, exactly. Just leading up to sun and fun. I heard about that last year for the first time. Oh, it, it is a blast and it got really windy last year. So like the, I think the first day or the second day was a little bit of a bust, but it was still so much fun. I highly recommend, hmm. uh, people stop by, especially if you're going to be in the area for sun and fun anyway. So I have that in March, and then um, I won, uh, earned, I should say. I applied to and uh, got the scholarship for Women in Aviation CFI. Oh, that's right. So I just yeah. saw that. Congratulations. I, am, I completely forgot you. about that. I just saw that a few days ago. I am overwhelmed <laughs> yeah. and very intimidated, but so I'm not that nervous yet because I'm what are you studying. Do? You're going for CFI? CFI, yeah. Do you, 
Now, I'm just trying to recall off the top of my head. Do you need a commercial for that or no? Yep, I'm commercial instrument. Oh, you already are? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Dive right into the CFI. And I luckily, I did the writtens last year, so I have those out of the way. Oh, wow. Um, But the fact that I'm going to be in charge of teaching people and having them understand (laughs) it. You know, that's it. And, you know, that that check ride is like what the hardest check ride out there is the initial CFI. So that's what I've heard. I am intimidated. Where are you going to do that? Um, Bravo flight training here in Frederick. So um, I'm going to be taking off work, like come come in late every morning for a couple weeks and leave early and just bam, bam get it done so right now i'm studying like an hour a day to just make sure i know things inside and out and i'm going to practice like teaching people concepts so i'm prepared uh going into it so just so our listeners know in about a minute and a half there's going to be another whole segment on victoria having her (laughs) (laughs) this is the podcast that doesn't end it never ends (laughs) oh my goodness yeah oh that is so cool though I actually have dreams. You know, I'm still in my primary training. I haven't even soloed yet. Um, but I have huge dreams to uh, become a CFI and do the same thing as you're doing, giving the gift of a flight instruction flight instruction to somebody else. Like, I would love to do that. Yeah, mm. it you know, it really stems from not so much like I want this to be a career. I want to make money off of flying. I want to do it because these kids growing up with my Turbo the Flying Dog book series or, you know, people that listen to me on the podcast and friends that see what I do. Like, I want to be able to take up one of those kids when they're a little bit older and give them a lesson. Like, kids that grew up with Turbo and fell in love with aviation for Turbo, I want to be able to, like, give them something later on. Yeah, discovery flights. Exactly. Yeah. Just like, and then something that it can be official. Like, I'm a flight instructor. Like... I'm logging this in your book, not just like a quick, you know, take the controls, you know, something with more depth. Yeah. I'm digging it. Thank you. Man, that is exciting. Exciting. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of work. I'm going to be tired. Yes, you are going to be tired. (laughs) It'll be worth it. You'll see me at Oshkosh. I'll just be sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) For a lot of people, that's kind of what happens after the first couple days. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I needed naps. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You have to pace yourself. You do. It's a world of fun. So I'm excited, though. I'm going to be really absorbed in aviation. I, I feel like I'm coming back. So are we going to see you and the rest of the Stuck Mike crew at uh, Sun and Fun this year? Yep. We will cool. be there. I'll awesome. be at uh, Sun and Fun Radio with you fun guys. Sounds good. Yep. That'd be great. We may have to have you on for uh, one of our morning show episodes. Happy to help out. You know I can talk. Awesome. Because cool. that's at like 7 a.m. and nobody ever wants to help. Oh, that's goodness. Right. <laughs> well, you She's didn't mention that now. We have it on tape. <laughs> I haven't clicked the stop yes. recording button yet. It's still recording. <laughs> You're booked. Oh, uh, Victoria, boy. thank you so much for joining us here. Thanks, uh, guys. Where can people find information about you uh, and your endeavors? Oh, case it's changed from 10 minutes ago. Yeah, you can just Google me. Um, I'm, like, widely out there. But uh, Twitter, I'm ToriaFly. Instagram, I'm Victoria.at.air. TurboTheFlyingDog.com. Wait, what? TurboTheFlyingDog.com. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Dot com. Dot com and then stuck my gavcast. It's kind of cool as well. Feel free to check yeah. that out. Cool. Definitely. 
Awesome. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to follow up with us here. This is so cool. I love that we've kind of, pardon the pun, flown full circle here uh, <laughs> and brought the whole thing in. So, man, that's awesome. Exciting times. Can't wait to see what you do this next year. Thanks so much for listening to Logbook Memories. If you'd like to share a memory from your logbook, drop us an email to stories at logbookmemories.com. That's stories at logbookmemories.com. And since we are just starting out, it would mean the world to us if you left a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you really want to help us out, maybe write a short review telling the world how awesome we are. Don't forget to share us with your friends. We'll catch you on the next episode of Logbook Memories. Memories.